Good morning, folks. Welcome to those who are left. That's an exodus. That's awesome. I just got to say how well-behaved our kids are hey, in Revolution Church. That's amazing to see them all leaving right now, and now the rowdy ones remain. <laughs> we'll see. Great. Well, we are into our, uh, our Advent series, Advent being the Advent, the introduction of Jesus Christ to the earth. We just sang about him. The kids are going to learn about him today. If you went to the service last night and you saw the kids doing the play, reenacting the nativity, it's all about Jesus. And really, that, act, that um, nativity last night is kind of the sermon today. It's Christ with us, the birth of Christ, Emmanuel. Last week, we looked at um, Luke chapter 1, which was Mary and Zechariah's responses to the angel. The angel came with a message. They responded differently. And it's kind of a picture of Israel's relationship with God through the Old Testament. Sometimes they had faith, sometimes they didn't. And often we see a rockier road with the Lord than needed to be. And there's a message for us in that. Have faith in God. A rocky road awaits you if you, if you don't and you waver. God wants, he wants a people of faith, a people who just simply believe his word. So today, uh, we're going to carry on from that. We're going to follow on from the stories that lead up to and include the birth of Jesus. So the theme of the message today is peace. And we sang about it already, Emmanuel, God with us. Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. We hear this scripture once a year, about this time. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee in Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. It's a very familiar story to us as Christians. If you've been in church for a while, we know that Jesus Christ, he came as a baby. We celebrate it. We celebrate one birth as, as a people every year, and it's the birth of Christ as a baby. I pray, my prayer today, and we're going to pray just now, is that this year God just brings a fresh revelation of the impact, the importance of the birth of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. So, Lord, we do just thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the power, Lord, of your word, God. We thank you for Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ born as a baby. Lord, and as we look into this, as we look into your scripture this morning, I pray, Father, for a fresh revelation of the scriptures, Lord. Those things that are familiar, God, I pray for life to come forth again. We pray for fruit to come from your word in our lives this morning. Much fruit, Lord. And we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the focus, Lord. We are focused on Jesus Christ in this church. And we just thank you for sending your son. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem, 
They went with them. What went with them was the culmination of thousands of years of waiting. It seems so humble, this passage. And I love the Bible because sometimes something just, you read it and you just kind of read it and you read it again and you read it again and it becomes familiar. It's so humble. But this was the most important birth in the history of the world with eternal consequences. A spiritual explosion occurred. And you can see, we'll get into it next week, heaven was just waiting, just waiting to explode. The angels were just waiting for Jesus to come. And then he came. The time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. There's such a context to the story. Before they, went to Na- before they went to Bethlehem from Nazareth, the angel came, the angel Gabriel came and spoke to Mary beforehand. And he told her, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was troubled, and the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then we see that she conceived and was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon her. The power of God overshadowed her. And she was found to be with child. And then Joseph found out. Matthew chapter 1 said this is how the birth of Jesus came about. This is now his story. So Gabriel went to Zechariah as appearing to Zechariah in, in, a, as a, in a personal way, in a real way, went to Mary, went to Joseph in a dream. But his mother Mary, the Messiah's mother, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be, preg- she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Can you imagine what that conversation was like? Joseph thinking, finally, I got a normal one. Like, I'm waiting a while, waiting a while. They picked, the matchmakers came, and they gave me Mary. She seemed so nice. And then she came, and she says, I, I'm pregnant. Can you just imagine the story. This is a real story. This is Joseph with his bride. I'm pregnant. And Joseph's like, what? Well, that's, that can't happen. And she says, well, I didn't, I, I didn't know a man. I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph's like, hold on a sec. Like, I can't take this. I thought this was going to be normal. So he, he has in mind, he said, that's not, the law doesn't allow that. I'm going to divorce her quietly. I'm going to let her go. But thank God, he had other plans. God had other ideas. After he considered this, he's thinking about divorcing Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So God spoke to Mary, God spoke to Joseph, and he said, you are to give him the name Jesus. Now in the Jewish faith and in many faiths around the world, names have significant meaning. If you look at history, The name of Jesus. They were told him to name Jesus because he will save his people. 
from their sins. Moses, if you look back in history, Moses means drawn out. Moses was drawn out of the water and he drew his people out of Egypt. Elijah means my God is. Simple, my God is. God said, I am. Elijah said, his name was my God is. He stood up to the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel and he said, my God is. And he proved it. Ezekiel means God strengthens. God's, God's calling his people back, Judah and Israel, back to the land, and he will strengthen them. He will redeem them. That's Israel's message, or Ezekiel's message to the people. God will strengthen you. Names have meaning. And we see the name of Jesus, Yeshua, means salvation. Jesus' name means salvation. So call him salvation because he will save his people from their sins. Give him this name, knowing how important names are. Give him the name salvation because that's what he's going to do. If you look back in the Old Testament, in, in Hebrew, written in Hebrew, you see that word salvation often. Oh, that salvation of Israel would come out of, out of Zion. They would say, oh, that Yeshua of Israel would come out of Zion. Let those who love your Yeshua say continually, the Lord be magnified. That was a common word, salvation. Give him that name because he will save his people. The child would not just bring salvation. He is salvation. Jesus is salvation. Name him that. And then after that, the angel continued on. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel means God with us. And the scripture that is being quoted there is Isaiah 7.14. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded. Good man. Simply did what God said. And he took Mary home to be his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. God is with us now. If you're a Christian here this morning, if you know the Lord, and the Lord knows you, you know the Lord. The Lord is with you as a believer. God is with us. James chapter 4 says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. God will draw near to you. Hebrews 4 says, With boldness we come before the throne of grace. With boldness we can go before God, before His throne, before the presence of God. If you were to tell a Jew in Jesus' time, with boldness we can come before God, they would think you're crazy. God was not with them in the way that he is with us today. The, the priest went into the Holy of Holies once a year in the presence of God, the Holy of Holies, to give atonement on behalf of the people. And the people hoped that he came out again because he went before God. God was not with the people of Israel. This, was, this had significant um, impact, this, this scripture. Emmanuel, God with us. When God gave that through Isaiah... That had significant impact. God will be with you because he was not with his people in the same way at the time. It's incomprehensible, that scripture. 
God had not been with his people for thousands of years. In the garden, Adam and Eve walked with God. They walked with God. Genesis chapter 3. They were with him. It said they walked with him in the garden. I go for walks with my wife. We go for walks in the woods. It's one of my favorite times of the day when we do that. Where is she? Hopefully she heard that. There you go. Yeah, it's one of my favorite times of the day. I want her to hear that. We go, sometimes we hold hands. We talk. No, no. We... Stop there. We stop there. We go to a lupin field. There's a lupin field near our house. And if you don't know what a lupin is, just watch Dan on Instagram. Because every year when the lupins bloom, it's nothing but pictures of lupins. And it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. But it's such a precious time together. Just to talk and walk and I listen, she listens. We just, we're, we're together and we're having direct communication. Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden. They, they were with God in such a way. They had intimacy with him. They had relationship with him. They talked with him. They walked with him. And then sin entered the world through the fall. Also, Genesis chapter 3. Man was removed from the Garden of Eden. And along with sin came pride, greed, war, all the things, that, the corruption, everything we still see happening today. But as important and maybe more important, with sin came a severing over the relationship with God. Man was removed from the garden and they were not with God in the same way. He was now at a distance. God kicked them out of the garden. He drove them out of the garden. And he sent an angel there, back and forth, guarding the way. They were not with God in the same way. And that's the history of Israel we see in the Old Testament. Is God at a distance. He is not with them. So that's scripture to say, Emmanuel, God with us. That is who is coming. Again, that was significant to the Jews, to the Israelites. The peace they had known with God was disrupted. There was no peace with God. There was no walks in the garden in the same way that there was. He was their God. He made promises to them. He, he spoke to them. He called them. He called Abraham. He gave them a covenant. Abraham, I will covenant with you. But he was not with them in the same way. The people were spiritually darkened. And Isaiah 9, as you heard Caleb read earlier, it was a deep darkness. It was a deep darkness the people were in. And throughout the Old Testament, we see this rocky relationship with God and his people. They have faith. They don't have faith. They're walking. They're close. They're trying to get closer. You can see God. You can see some people crying out to God, and God will speak to them. And even with Moses, it says that when he was with God, his face would shine, and then he would leave and it would fade because God was not with him in the same way. Ezekiel, Isaiah, David, a man after God's own heart, he yearns with intimacy before God. You can read it in the Psalms. He yearns for greater intimacy with God. But he said, my sin is ever before me. And he struggled to meet God in the way he wanted. And God spoke through all of these prophets, David, Isaiah, he spoke through them all. And he spoke of the one who was to come, Emmanuel, God with us. And they called him the Messiah at Jesus' time, which means the anointed one. You won't see that term in the Old Testament, Messiah, but they knew that there was a Savior coming. There was one who was going to redeem them, redeem them from the curse, redeem them from sin, redeem them from the separation that they were walking in at the time. One was coming. They brought all these prophecies together, and they said the Messiah will fulfill those, 
those prophecies. He is coming. And we see that in Isaiah chapter 9. To us a son is, a child is born, to us a son is given. Speaking of the Messiah, the one to come. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Caleb read that so well this morning. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. That is the one who's coming. That's Emmanuel, God with us. That's the Messiah. All of these arrows in the Old Testament pointing towards this moment when Jesus Christ will be born. And it's in this context, a people separated from God but looking for the Messiah, that God sends Gabriel to speak to Mary, to speak to Joseph, to speak to Zechariah about the Messiah, the one who is coming. The light is coming. Mary might have known this scripture. I'm sure she heard it. It says, to us, a child is born. The to us there, the the angel is saying, that's to you. That to us, the people of Israel, is to you. He's coming now. You're going to give birth to the Son of God. To a people who are separated from God, oppressed on all fronts. The Romans were oppressing them. They were spiritually oppressed. And they were looking for a Savior. Now in Luke chapter 2, as we looked in that, Luke presents many of the important assurances. Because the Jews throughout the Old Testament, as we see, God would speak and they'd have this checklist of, okay, the Messiah is going to look like this, the Messiah is going to do this, the Messiah is going to be like this. And they had these things they were looking for. When the Messiah is born, they, they said, well, if he doesn't fulfill these prophecies, he's not the Messiah. And a number of them come out in Luke chapter 2. Old Testament says consistently in multiple places, he will be the son of David. He will be of the line of David. And you can see that in Isaiah 11. A, stump will come up from the, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, being the father of David. These days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. Jeremiah, and he will reign on David's throne, I just read. So David, they knew that. Every Jew knew that. Okay, he's got to be the line of David. And right away here in Luke chapter 2, we see that Joseph's of the line of David, and we see the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 of the line of David. God called Jesus. He said, you are from the line of David. Born in Bethlehem. But you, Bethlehem, not where Jesus' parents are from, but they went to Bethlehem for the census. And Luke calls that out. You, out of you shall come for me one who will be ruler in Israel. Micah 5.2. And there's many more. And then we see the virgin birth. She had to be a virgin. Mary had to be a virgin. Because the Messiah would be born of a woman, of a virgin. It was spoken of. He will be the son of man, and he will be the son of God. And this is not the beginning of Jesus. He always was. Jesus was not born for the first time. He was born for the first time of a woman, but he was not created through this process. When I was conceived, when my mother and father conceived me, that was the beginning of Jeb. 
when I was conceived. This is not the beginning of Jesus. Jesus always was. He was sent from heaven. 32 times in the Gospel of John alone, Jesus says, I was sent from heaven, or I came from heaven. He was not the product of a man's will. He came from heaven. God, this is God's plan. He was with God in the beginning. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Colossians 1 says, Through him everything was made that has been made. Everything, all the things that you can think of. All the stars and all the galaxies, everything was made through Jesus, through God the Son. Every cell in your body was made through Jesus. Everything. That is the Son of God. And it was that Son of God who descended to take on flesh and be born as a baby. The Son of God through who everything was made. Everything. We cannot fathom it. Sometimes I, I try to grasp it and you're praying and you're reading the Word and you're, you're almost there, but it's just so big. He took on flesh. He was born as a baby. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of a virgin. He did not come the natural way through the seed of Adam. He came from above. His Father is God. The DNA of God. The incorruptible seed. He started just like you started. He started as one cell. And then it divided to two cells. And then it divided to four cells, and eight, and sixteen. And then eventually there was a neural tube. And then there were hands and fingers, and there was a heartbeat. Jesus was conceived and grew in the womb, just like you did. He is fully man. But he was conceived of God. They didn't have ultrasounds back then. But Jesus was in the womb of Mary. And he grew in the womb of Mary. And you see some of these pictures, and it's just amazing. God knitting together a, a human. It's, it's a miracle. Jesus was fully human. God knitting him together, just like he does every other child in the womb. And he was fully God, conceived by the Holy Spirit. And they called him Emmanuel. God with us. God with us again. God was separated from man and he sent his son to be born and to live amongst us. It is the beginning of the restoration of what was lost. This story is the most important birth in the history of the world. It is God sending his son to be born by a virgin, by a woman. If we designed it, this story of salvation, it wouldn't look like this. If this was man's story of salvation, where we were putting it together and we were writing our own story, Jesus probably wouldn't be born in a stable. Nick referenced that. He'd be born in a palace. We'd have pomp and circumstance. We'd have a red carpet. We'd have attendants. Likely, we'd have a doctor or a midwife or something like that. But it's not, it's not man's story. This is God's story. It's not, man, it's not God's or man's plan of salvation. God sent his son to be a light in the darkness. But not in the natural sense. And here's where the Jews got it wrong. They thought the Messiah was going to come and overthrow the Romans. They were oppressed by the Romans. They thought the Messiah is going to come. He's going to take care of these nasty Romans and he's going to set us free. We're going to be on top again. And Jesus didn't come to do that. 
Jesus came to bring victory over sin, victory over death, victory over all that was separating them from God. He came to bring peace with God, not peace with all of their enemies, not bring them out of the stable, into the palace. He came to bring peace with God. That's why he came. To restore that which was lost. And if you think about that, if you think about what Gabriel told them before it happened, he told them, this is going to be Jesus. This is going to be Emmanuel. The end doesn't seem like the big part of the story anymore. Or the stable, I mean. Giving birth in a stable is a big deal. It's nasty. It's ugly, like Nick was saying. And, and we all agree it's, smel- it's smelly. I grew up in a farm. It's very smelly. You would not choose to do that. But in the midst of it all, Mary and Joseph knew that God was with them. This was Emmanuel, God with us. That's the story. The stable is secondary. The stable is just God showing us that he's not about the, the pomp and circumstances. God's will done God's way. He came to bring victory over sin, not to come as a, as a conquering king. In a very real way, God was with them. And this good news is not for the Jews only. God sent Jesus to the Jews. He sent him born of a, of a Jewish mother. But God so loved the world that he sent his son. God so loved the world that he sent his son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. As Christians, we go through some things. And many of us think, like, like when you read this thing, you're like, well, why, why was it in a stable? Well, sometimes we're in a stable. And you're looking around and you go, why, why am I in a stable? I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be in a stable. Well, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be just like Jesus. Well, do you want to be just like Jesus? Have you read the Gospels? He was born in a stable. He was was rejected, despised, crucified. Do you want to be just like Jesus? Well, maybe not just like Jesus. I want to be more so like Jesus. Jesus now on the throne, right? I I want to be like that. But Jesus, Jesus sees things differently. He came as a conquering king. He came to overcome the work of the enemy, to destroy the work of the enemy, not to deal with all the problems of earth. Sometimes we see, we, we, see, we see the problems of earth, we think God's going to deal with all these problems, and he's got to deal with this, and God's on my side. God came for a reason, to bring light in the darkness, the spiritual darkness. Jesus did not overthrow the Romans. Jesus is not, may not be interested in your political battles. Jesus may not be interested in the conspiracies that consume your mind and your thoughts and all of those things. Jesus came to bring peace with God. First and foremost, in the stable. He was born in a stable. And if you're in a stable right now, and you're going, God, why am I here? I think God wants to remind you this morning that you can have peace with God. Focus on Him. Focus on Him in the midst of all of that. And He'll take care of the rest. That that makes it all better. That makes the end, the stable, seem like that's a secondary part of the story. Because we are with God. God is with us. He is with you. He is for you. He is with you in a way that he was not before. And if you're in darkness this morning, if you're walking and you do not have peace with God, Jesus Christ came. He came to earth. He lived a sinless life. He died. He was buried and he rose again. And faith in Jesus Christ will change your life. 
faith, putting faith in Jesus Christ will bring light into your life because God said he brought light into the darkness. And if you do not know God this morning, you can know God this morning. You can know him as your personal Savior, that relationship, that walking with God. You can walk with God again. And that's a message for those that don't know the Lord, those that aren't saved. And if you are saved, you can walk with God. Whatever your circumstance, you can walk with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Please stand with me. And Jesus also said he's not going away. When he came, he came as Emmanuel, God with us. And he says in Matthew 28, when he, was, when he ascended into heaven again, he said, I am with you always, even to the end of the world, even to the end of the age. God is with us. He will not leave us or forsake us. So Lord, we just thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, born in a stable. Lord, for bringing the culmination, God, of all the prophecies. And we just declare over this body that God is with us, that Emmanuel has come, that you are with us, that you are for us as believers. Lord, I pray for anyone here this morning that just needs a fresh revelation of God, the tangible presence of God, just like you being born as a baby, tangibly with them. Lord, tangibly, we just thank you that you are with us even to the end of the age. I just pray for those this morning, God, those in darkness, Lord, those that need light, I just pray for light to shine, Lord, in the dark places. Where you brought light, Lord, to the Israelites, we just pray for light to shine in each of our lives, Lord. We yield our lives to you afresh. This season, would you have your way, Lord, in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.